You are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Abraham. Hello, my radio friends. Welcome to today's program. Have you ever noticed that there's a recent trend to give newborn babies old-fashioned names? Listed in the first third of the top 100 names for girls are Emma, Isabella, Charlotte, Lily, Abigail and Hannah. And listed in the first third of the top 100 names for boys are Noah, that's number three, Elijah, Jacob, Benjamin, Caleb and Isaiah. Abraham is an old-fashioned name, referring to someone who lived approximately 4,000 years ago. And today we'll consider some aspects of Abraham's life and draw some spiritual lessons from them. Abraham was a character who had a name change. At first he was known as Abram, which means High Father. But God gave him a new name, which included the father bit. The new name was Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. And Abraham's wife was Sarai, meaning princess. Her name was changed to Sarah, meaning mother of nations. These days when parents name their children, not much thought is given to the meaning of names. Usually the sound of the name is much more important. But earlier on in the history of humanity, names had significance. Some Australian place names reflect this naming trend. Here are two examples. Glue Pot is an apt name for a station property in South Australia where, when it rains, the soil is very greasy and sticky. Another one, Cape Catastrophe, near Port Lincoln, was named by Matthew Flinders after eight of his sailors were lost when their boat capsized. Both Jews and Arabs claim Abraham as the father of their nations today. So the name God gave Abraham proved to be correct. But why is Abraham important to people living in the 21st century? Simply this, Abraham was a man of faith. He trusted God implicitly. There were a number of significant incidents in Abraham's life that demonstrated that implicit trust, and we'll consider those soon. But there were other incidents where Abraham did not seem to trust God. So it's rather strange 
that the Bible records Abraham as a man of faith, even though he left God out of the picture when faced with some tricky situations. But I'd like to suggest to you that God is more interested in the trends in people's lives than the little aberrations. I'm very glad that God is not like some match-score recorder giving ticks for good points and crosses for bad points and then deciding our eternal destiny on how many good points or bad points we might have scored. From some of the stories recorded about people in the Bible, it is quite clear that some some individuals had spent sorry had spent most of their lives doing bad, yet had a turn of heart late in their lives, and were forgiven, and counted as righteous before God. Take for example the thief on the cross. Hours before he died, he acknowledged his wrongdoing, and was forgiven. I think the story of Abraham gives us hope. Abraham made some very significant mistakes, and in those mistakes he showed a complete lack of trust in God. However, the trend in his life was to trust God, even though he was not able to see the outcome or know how what God promised might come about. In that sense, Abraham echoes the words of Jesus who proclaimed, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's from Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. One characteristic of little children is that they mostly do not question what they are told. They accept it as truth. For example, little children accept Father Christmas as fact. When they are older and begin to reason for themselves, they realize that Father Christmas is a fable. Abraham accepted what God revealed to him, although it seemed impossible for some of those things to come about. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11, there are four situations recorded about Abraham's life where he acted out of faith, that is, trusted in God, even though he was not able to figure out the outcome. There are always people out there who try to disprove the Bible and the existence of Abraham is one of those cases. But along with that, the skeptics need to also disprove what the Bible associates with Abraham. There, their arguments collapse because archaeology confirms and supports those other things. Now, in Genesis 11, verse 31, 
were first introduced to Abraham. The Bible simply states, Terah, that's Abraham's father, took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law, Sari, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Now, going back to the previous point about archaeology, archaeology has confirmed the existence of Ur and Haran. The sceptics need to consider this before they pronounce that the story of Abraham is a myth. But I'm convinced that the Bible is true. I'm convinced it can be trusted. And I'm convinced that Abram, Abraham did exist and the stories about him are correct as stated in the Bible. You know, as more and more archaeological digs occur, and the more finds are made that confirm the biblical record to be unerringly true. On the other hand, never do those finds show that the Bible is false. Abraham's first example of faith is mentioned in Hebrews 11 verse 8. The text says, By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. I don't know how God spoke to Abraham, but Abraham was told to leave where his father and other family were living at Haran and to go. But where? God would show him where after he left. Now isn't that really something? Abraham packed up his stuff, he obeyed God, collected his animals, gathered his family, said goodbye to his father and other relatives, and left, trusting that God would show them where to go. Now here's the lesson. When God calls you, you need to trust him. Sometimes it's not clear where you might end up and what may happen to you. Sometimes you might have to leave family and security behind. But you can be sure where God leads, it will be okay. God is not in the business of destroying lives. He's in the business of repairing and building lives. I suspect that some of you are aware of God's commandments, his directions for human beings. Don't be afraid that if you follow them, that he will let you down. He won't. The second faith statement about Abraham is in Hebrews 11, and verse 9. It says, By faith Abraham made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. 
Isolated from his father's family, Abraham was away from the influences of home. And you know, that's a good lesson for us too. In the past, I've been associated in helping smokers quit smoking. It was known as the five-day plan, now largely taken over by the quit smoking campaign. One of the secrets of success for smokers trying to quit the habit was to stay out of the presence of others who smoke. Being in the presence of other smokers puts greater pressure on the wanting to reform person to continue smoking. Other advice was to remove oneself from favourite places where they would normally smoke and then they should adopt new habits, go to different places. When it comes to committing one's life to God and doing what he wants, you may have to, like Abraham, dwell in another place. You may have to associate with new people and take on new habits to successfully commit yourself to the Lord. One of the Ten Commandments, the fourth one, is about committing your time to God in special worship. The commandment is about keeping the seventh day Sabbath. If you sincerely want to do what God wants, you may have to make your home in another church where there are Sabbath keepers, like, for example, in the Seventh-day Adventist church. How did Abraham get on in his life amongst foreigners? The Bible tells us that God blessed him mightily and he became a powerful and respected leader. And let me tell you this, God will bless you as you do what he requires. Hebrews 11 verses 11 and 12 records another area where Abraham exercised faith and trust in God's word. You see, Abraham's beautiful princess of a wife, Sarah, was barren. She could not conceive and have children. After many, many years, the couple tried to have a child until it was too late. Both became old and Sarah was well past her menopause. But God promised that they together would have a son and heir. Old people, as you, as you know, do not bear children. With that in mind, yet with God's promise ringing in his ears, Abraham went through his life expecting a son of his own, a child of promise. How many years went by with nothing happening? I don't know. Perhaps Abraham thought to himself, Will it be today, Lord? I'll read the relevant verses. By faith, Abraham, 
even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And who made the promise? Well, that was God. And so from this one man as good as dead came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and countless as the sand on the seashore. The odds of Abraham and Sarah having a son were zero. Sarah was barren and past childbearing age, and Abraham was considered past it as well. But the Bible says God enabled Abraham to become a father. Abraham trusted, and God enabled. Jesus pronounced to his disciples, With man this is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And you can read that for yourself in Mark 10, verse 27. I wonder if Abraham realized that. I wonder if you realize that. You may find yourself in a situation that looks black and with no possible solution. You may feel compelled to honor God in your life, yet you know that there will be insurmountable problems where you won't know what to do or how to deal with those problems. Trust God. He has a thousand ways when you might think there isn't even one. You see, God enables, and after the break, I'm going to tell you a personal story how God enabled for me. I'm unhappy and feeling lonely and this whole world of mine comes tumbling down You are the someone whom I can depend I'm never lonely knowing you're my friend I get crazy You understand me You overlook the thing mean to say they're beside me whenever things go wrong I'm never lonely knowing you're alone you and me the two of us together we go on and Face the world, whatever happens No matter what gets in our way We'll see it through From day to day Right up until the very end It's gonna be
My friends, I want to tell you, trust God. He has a thousand ways when you might think there isn't even one. Because God enables. At one stage of my life as a professional photographer, I was contracted to photograph university and college graduates as they received their degrees during graduation ceremonies in the Festival Theatre in Adelaide. For several years all went well, but then they decided to change the award dates to be on a Saturday. It was a big problem for me as I honoured God by keeping the Sabbath holy. I pondered and agonised about what I could do, but I could not compromise my principles. My duty was clear. I needed to keep the Sabbath. So I advertised for other photographers, and after interviewing some, chose one who I thought could be trusted. I told him that whatever money he made was his. I would not require any commission. Some of those I interviewed thought I was stark raving mad, but I had to be faithful to my Lord. My replacement photographer did the job and made more money from one day's work than most people would earn in a month. Meanwhile, I sat in church and worshipped according to the fourth commandment. But God rewarded my faithfulness and the college and university personnel decided that it was all too difficult having the graduation ceremony on Saturday and resumed weekday graduation ceremonies. God will reward your faithfulness if you put your trust in him. Now, the fourth faith mentioned in Hebrews 11 about Abraham is found in verse 17. It says, By faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. And I suggest you read past verse 17. That's from Hebrews 11. God had come good in his promise that Abraham and Sarah would have a son together. Against all odds, Isaac was born and grew. He was very much loved, and Abraham was aware that this child of promise would bear children and multiply his descendants. But God tested Abraham's faith and told him to take Isaac and sacrifice him as he would a lamb. That involved in taking him somewhere, laying him on firewood that was placed on top of a stone altar, cutting his throat with a knife, allowing his blood to flow out, causing his death, then setting fire to the wood, thus burning his son's corpse. What a weird request! First, God performs a miracle causing Isaac to be born, then when all is going nicely, he tells Abraham to kill Isaac and use him as a sacrifice. Was Abraham puzzled? You can be sure he was. How could God ask such a thing? Had he gone mad? 
but faithfully, Abraham set out and followed God's instructions. You can read the story in Genesis chapter 22. At the region of Mount Moriah, Abraham built the stone altar, laid the wood on top, tied up his much-loved son and laid him on top of the wood. Then he took the knife and was about to cut Isaac's throat when God called him to stop. Genesis 22 verse 12 says, Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Abraham obeyed God even though he did not understand what was going on. He was to sacrifice his most treasured possession because he was prepared to obey God. He put God first in his life. Some say that this incident typifies what God himself was prepared to do for fallen mankind. Jesus was sacrificed that we might be forgiven our sins and be made acceptable to the Father. Did God bless Abraham? Yes. Abraham became very wealthy and powerful. What happened as a result of Abraham's obedience? Verse 17 tells us that God promised to richly bless Abraham. He would have many descendants and that all the nations on the earth would be blessed because he had obeyed. The one big worldwide blessing was none other than Jesus, whose lineage traces back to the line of Abraham. My friends, sometimes obedience might seem impossible, impossible for you. But I want to reassure you that God will not forsake you. He will see you through. He will make it right. In him you are safe. Take Abraham as your example. Trust God. Put your faith in his word, his promises, and do what he asks you to do. Don't compromise. If you act in faith, you will be blessed. You know, I'd love to share more about this subject today, but we must stop. But I want you to trust God. He knows best, and he will empower you to do what is right. So, until next time, I wish you faith and hope and peace. Tell me of a home far beyond the sky Oh, they tell me of a home far away Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise
gone Would you tell me of that land far away Where the tree of life does shine in eternal blue Shedding fragrance through the young cloud day 